All right, First John is where we want to go. And, uh, and I want to give you a very practical lesson tonight, something very practical. That's one of the things I love about my Bible is that, you know, it's just like uh, with your vehicle. You know, if you can if you can find out where it is in the owner's manual, you know, a lot of times they put an index in there, but the things that you want to look at are not clearly mentioned in the index. And I'm glad my Bible's not like that. Amen. And uh, and so, but uh, if you'll follow the owner's manual, a lot of times I, I probably suspect most of the time you'll get the most you'll get the most use out of the life of that vehicle by following the owner's manual. And the same thing is true here as we look to the Word of God. And, uh, and so it is very practical that we might get the most out of our relationship that we have with the Lord. And, and I want to give you some things tonight about how to walk in the light. How to walk in the light. Let's look for, in 1 John chapter 1, look in verse 5 with me. It says, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. All right, let's pray one more time. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the precious word, and I pray the Spirit of God would help us tonight be our teacher and guide. I pray that you'll fill me, empower me, use me, Lord, that I may instruct your people that they may go away, Father, a stronger, better equipped to walk in this world. We love you and we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let me ask you a question. Have you, how many of you all have ever stumbled in the dark? Man, who hasn't? Did you ever hit your foot or toes on something? and uh, Or step on something that maybe your child left out in the room? Boy, Legos are rough on the feet. Amen. Are they not? If you've ever stepped on one of those. So were jacks. You know, uh, jacks could be pretty rough on you. And uh, But anyway, wasn't it a blessing when you finally felt your way and you managed to find your way to the, to the uh, light switch, whether it was in the living room or the kitchen, and suddenly when the lights came on, all the potential dangers in the room seemed to disappear, didn't they? I mean, unless we were really klutzy, all right? And, uh, and so they, they, they would just seem to vanish in the light. And, and, and beloved, the same thing is true about our walk with God. And I want you to get this, those of you that are watching at home, I want you to get this as well. The same thing is true about when we walk with God. Now, when he puts this in here, when he declares these things that we're going to look at tonight, you know, really, it's not, a, it's not an overwhelming proposal that God says. He just wants us to walk in the light as he is in the light. It's not a hard thing. And yet sometimes, for some folks, it's a difficult thing, even though it's not a hard thing. Do you remember when, do you remember when, uh, I'm having a brain freeze here, I can see the passage in 2 Kings chapter 5. Do you remember when Naaman the leper went there to see the man of God? And, uh, and he told him, I want you to go down to the Jordan River and uh, go down there. And man, when Naaman saw the river, it was muddy and the Jordan was swollen. There was nothing beautiful about it. He didn't look, to him, that didn't look like a place where he could be cleansed of his leprosy. It was filthy. And, uh, and yet the, the, the servant of God told him, go down there and I want you to dip down in there seven times and your flesh will come out clean like a child. 
And he got, he got upset. He said, are not Arbana and Farpar? He was naming two rivers back in Samaria. Are they not? Are those not better places? Are those not clean water? You know, rather than this, this filthy water that's here in Jordan. And he was upset and he was mad. And one of his men said to him, and he said, Father, if he had given you a hard thing to do, he probably would have done it. And that's how it is sometimes. It just seems like this is too simple to really work. But God must know something about us. Amen. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree with that? Some of y'all, some of y'all got that right away. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so let's look at this tonight. All right. Now listen. God is light, and in Him is no darkness. Isn't that what it said? And guess what? God wants His children to walk with Him in every day, in the light and in the warmth of His fellowship. In the warmth of His fellowship. But guess what happens? Sin breaks our fellowship. So let's look at some things. Let's look at some things. If you and I are going to walk in the light, then we're going to have to we're going to have to take sin seriously and scripturally here and, and look at what it says. All right. Let's look at it with me. All right. Notice what it says. I want you to see, first of all, what it says in verse six. It says that our sin must be exposed to the light. It must be exposed to the light. Notice what it says. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. We lie and do not the truth. Now, the book of 1 John is written to Christians. It's not written necessarily to lost people. It's written to believers. And when we look at this and we, when we understand that, we know that we are children, his children, by means of the new birth. And our position then is settled forever. God never disowns one of his children. Now, he may discipline them. He may take them home early, but he will not disown them. What he has birthed, those are his children. And he keeps them. Amen. Amen. And we're secure in that. Our position has never changed. That sonship or daughterhood, if you will, ladies, that is our position. But our practical experience, that's fellowship. That's fellowship. And that can be broken. Fellowship can be broken. And so, so notice, I want you to notice something. It, notice what it says in verse 6. Notice what it says. What are the first three words there? If we say. Look in verse 8. If we say. And then look also in verse 10. If we say. You know, talk is cheap, isn't it? It is. If we say, if we say it's repeated three times and it has something to do with this, this being exposed to the light. Notice what he said. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, what have we done? We've lied. We have lied and do not the truth. You say, well, who have we lied to? Well, sometimes, you know, we wind up, we lie to others. You know, have you ever done it walking around? Have you ever come to church and maybe maybe you had a fight on the way to church or maybe you had disagreements yesterday and they went unsettled and you come to the house of God. Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? Oh, we're all doing good. And when you know you're not. 
Say amen right there. I've done it. I've done it. Listen, you know what? When, you, when you're missionaries, you're on deputation, you travel, you know, they just expect when you pull up at the church, they just expect you to pop out of the car and look like Mr. and Mrs. Christian. I mean, everything is good. You know, man, we'd be going down the road. Get your shoes on. Put your shoes back on, Christy. Why did you take them off? Man, honey, you can fix your hair. Debbie be baking her hair. Had one of those things. Had a butane thing in it. A curling iron. We'd be curling her hair going down the road. Everything's fixed and all that. Oh, somebody threw up in the back. Man, let's get the shirt going on. And you step out. Oh, we're so happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Man. It's easy to laugh at them, but sometimes we do the very same thing. That's why the passage said here, if we say. But the reality is, we haven't. We're not. And beloved, when you and I, when you and I, we can't walk in unconfessed sin. You can't walk in the darkness of unconfessed sin and have fellowship with God who is in the light. You notice that light and dark can't stay in the same room. I don't, you know, I don't understand all that. I don't have to understand everything about electricity. I just like it to work when I flip the switch. It's dark when I come over here sometimes. I flip the switch and suddenly the darkness is gone. But you can't live in both worlds. You cannot do that. And so, and so it must be brought into the light. And so there's a tendency here sometimes because, you know, and why do we do that? Why, why do we sometimes put that smile on us? Because we don't want anybody else to know. That's why I was, I was teasing with Sister Kathy about, well, how are you tonight? You know, a lot of times we say that and we don't really want to know how they're doing. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not messing with you, sis. I'm just saying a lot of times, you know, we say that casually. Well, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know. And then what if somebody really told you, well, man, we had a big fight on the way over here, and I'm not right with God, and I really want you to pray for me. Well, we're like, man, I'm never asking them again. <laughs> right? Of course you know it's that way. We're just good. You know, one of the things about young people and really about old people is that typically they don't speak with any guy. I, I talked with a person on the phone this uh, just a couple days ago. And uh, I'm planning to visit with them, and and uh, and they had said they had gone to church here uh, some years back, some time ago, and and we finally got through all that stuff as to who I was and what happened to Brother Martin, and then whether or not I was married or not, and and uh, where they're located. They said, "Well, I want some fellowship," and I said, "Well, I bet you do," and uh, and so I'm planning on seeing her. But she wanted to know, she said, are you married? And I said, yes. <laughs> and so, uh, but one thing about older people, they just tell you how it is. Why? It's like, you know what? We've been around so long. It doesn't, it doesn't pay to, to sort of smooth things over. They just, and so do children, right? They look at you and go, hey, you don't have any hair. Or you don't like it. Hey, that, that looks like a rainbow tie. Rainbow tie? Yeah, there's a pot at the end of it. You'll get that in a minute, all right? Kids will tell you that, right? What was Art Linkletter's show? Kids say the darndest things. Because they don't speak with God. In other words, they don't know how to smooth it over. They don't know how to cover it up. They just call it like it is. But we are good at that. And we smile sometimes. And we act like everything's all right, and it's not. 
And so we lie. That's what that passage says. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we know that we've sinned and our fellowship is broken, what do we just do? We have lied. Look in verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Not only sometimes do we lie to others, but we lie to ourselves. What was it, Tom Sawyer? I think it was Tom Sawyer that, or Mark Twain that said, it's easier to deceive a man than it is to convince a man he's been deceived. Sometimes we deceive ourselves in this. Why? You know, you, I, I said the other day, tell a lie long enough, we begin to believe it. And sometimes we begin to justify our actions. Some of the things that we do when we get crosswise with God is we minimize it. Well, you know, it's no big deal. I can always get that fixed. I can get around to that. We generalize it. Everybody's doing it. We rationalize why we behave the way that we are. Well, they made me do this. That's what you do when you rationalize bad behavior. You're just making up a reason for it. And then we victimize. I, I couldn't help myself. Yeah, we can. The power of God is supposed to be in here to where we're not victims of ourselves. But we're supposed to be victorious, right? Now listen, you say, Brother Ed, are you preaching then sinless living? No, I'm not. But I'm just saying our direction ought to be right. Not our perfection, but our direction. That's why when we say, if we say that we haven't done this and we know that we have, we're only fooling ourselves because we're certainly not fooling God, right? Because he knows. You know what happens? You know what happens when we walk around with unconfessed sin? Pretty soon, assurance. What is assurance? Assurance is the confidence. You know, when you've been saved by the grace of God, salvation is a fact. It's an event. We're birthed into the family of God. But assurance, beloved, is something that has to be maintained. When we're wobbling on the axle, you understand what I mean by that? When we're wobbling on the axle in our walk, sometimes our assurance then can come into question about, well, did I really get what I was supposed to get? I'm hearing about these other people, see what they're doing, what's not happening with me, what is happening with me and the like. And so assurance is something that has to be maintained. And even the book of Peter said, those people that don't do that, it says they can, forgot, they can forget that they were purged from their old sins. Have you ever met anybody that was a retread? Do you know what I mean when I say the term retread? They've made several professions of faith. I'm not just talking about maybe one when they were little and they, and they, and they get right or they make another one when they're older in life. I'm talking about some people that make them, that rather, you know, they make them every so many, just ever so many years and they're all the time confused. They don't know whether they're in or they're out and a lot of times they're in, but they won't maintain their relationship the way that it should be. It gets them in trouble and therefore they're unstable and therefore they can even become depressed with living a life like that. Beloved, the Lord wants us to be victorious and He wants us to walk with Him. But we can't say one thing and then do another and expect to have that good fellowship. Amen? I mean, we're needing that God... Uh, look, did, didn't the Lord save us to have fellowship? Yes, he did. And man, he wants it. Just as much as you enjoy your children and grandchildren coming around, spending time with you around the kitchen table or whatever around the dining room table, having some fellowship together. Why? Hey, you enjoy that. Our Heavenly Father's no different. But it hurts us ultimately 
It hurts us when we don't maintain that the right way. You know, this, this is the reason why, you know, we, we lie to ourselves. And we, and we must be careful about that. Then look in verse 10. I want you to notice what it says. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. What happened? Listen, you know what? We, we wind up lying to God. We make him a liar. If we say, notice what it says. If we say that we have not sinned. If we're just in denial about this, we're calling God a liar. And beloved, that is a dangerous proposition to be under. So what are we supposed to do? We, we are supposed to come to the light. Notice what it says in verse 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light. What are we doing there? We're bringing our things. We're, what does light do? Doesn't light reveal things? A lot of times, you know, uh, this is a, a, a silly illustration, but it, but I think it's fitting. You know, a lot of times the, the television personalities and all, they had makeup people. But, you know, when they came out with that HD, that high definition television, some of them were really worried about, man, they're going to be able to see all the pores in my skin and all the blotch marks. And they're going to be able to see the circles. And they had to go through a whole new set of kind of makeup and lighting. Why? To protect their images. Why? Because that high definition resolution and the lighting that was improving with technology was revealing some things about them. And it was working against their vanity. Light reveals things. That's why when I was hanging sheetrock, man, I was always hoping that the family that they were going to do a they were going to do an orange peel when I was finishing it. They do an orange peel finish on there, and no semi gloss and no eggshell. Ladies like all that because that's easy to clean. It puts a hard finish, but it shows every flaw. Smile at me, ladies. You know what? So it does. <laughs> sheetrock finishers like flat paint. It doesn't reflect anything. You can't see the imperfections. Light does that. So in our relationship with God, we need to walk in the light. Don't say that we have it when we have. Don't, don't lie to somebody else. Man, you know, when you have, if you have time, get right before you get here. That way when you smile and shake somebody's hands, how are you doing? I'm fine. Man, good to see you. And you don't have to tell a fib. You don't have to tell a lie Amen. and be in church. <laughs> you know, and some people even get to late. Well, man, if I fall, well, then I'm not going to come. I'm going to be a hypocrite if I go. No, no, you're not. Listen, this, this, this is not a country club. This is a hospital for sick folks. This is where you ought to come. You walk in the light. Let God deal with your heart. Don't stay at the house. What did Adam do? What did Eve do? What did they do? They ran and hid. It's not time to hide. He's not going to crush you. He'll cleanse you. He'll clean you up. Man, when you you know when you fell down as a child, did your did your parents just if you were bleeding, did they didn't just look at you and go, "What's wrong with you, man? We're probably never going to get him raised, Bob. I don't know what's wrong with him." You know, just keep falling. They probably didn't do that. If you came in crying or whatever, somebody probably put some mercurochrome on it, a bandaid or whatever. You know, and said, be careful and I'll get back outside, right? <laughs> well, your heavenly father is good at fixing things that are broken. 
Haven't we proved that over the years? Yes, we have. Regularly ask God to search your heart. You know, one of the things that David said, David said that thou desirest truth in the inward parts from Psalm 51. Just bring your things, bring your things to him. This is how we are cleansed. This is how we get forgiven. But you've got to expose it to the light. You can do that privately. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be everybody's business. Well, you know, we did this or I said that. And, uh, you know, and I ran into this guy's car because I got mad. But I got right with God now I'm here at church. <laughs> you don't have to tell us all that. We don't have to know all those things, right? Deal with your business. Get it settled between you and God. It's how you walk in the light. Because there's not going to be light over there in that darkness. You're going to have to come to the light. I can see you're enjoying this, all right? Let's go look at number two. Sin has to be exposed to the light. Number two, sin has to be expressed to the Lord. Look at verse 9. If we confess our sins, that's the big hurdle right there. You know what the word confess means in this passage? It means to agree with. It means to concede. It means to state again what has already been said. God already knows where we are, and all we're doing is agreeing with Him, Lord. Yes, this is what I said. Yes, this is what I did. And it takes honesty and humility. And that's the part that seems to be hard. This is not a difficult thing that God is asking of us. But it cuts against our old fallen nature, doesn't it? To really be honest and come before Him. Do you remember, do you remember, would you say with me that the modern day washing machine is a marvel? Do you remember when wash day was literally was wash day, wasn't it? Uh, you know, I remember that number three wash tub being there and, uh, and I've seen it. I, I believe I remember seeing where the, where the old washboard was there, had the ripples on it and so forth. And, uh, and I, I remember my grandmother had a ringer washer that was outside and uh, where, they would, where they would do the laundry and things like that. You never want to get your hand caught in there and, uh, and things of, of that sort. And it was a big deal when my grandmother got this, it looked like a number three wash tub and it sat on the floor in the house and it plugged in and had a lid on it just had an agitator that went back and forth like that on the inside stirring the clothes it wouldn't rinse and it wouldn't spin it wouldn't do anything but it would sure enough wash so that she didn't have to do this anymore and she would take those wet clothes out to the ringer dry them out and do all that but you know what wash day has turned into wash cycle and sometimes it's down to minutes, maybe an hour, maybe a little bit more, but it includes the drying. I suspect someday with all the technology, they're going to make it where it folds them for you as well. Oh, Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> oh, it probably would. People would be wanting to take turns to use it. But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes, you know, there are no modern marvels, though, when dealing with sin. How'd you have to wash them in days gone by? One garment at a time, right? One article of clothing at a time. And that's how we have to express them to the Lord. It's one at a time. It's not, Lord, forgive me where I failed you. 
that's that's a cover up. Can you imagine? Could you imagine taking old cloth diapers, soiled diapers, and just trying to wash them in the tub all at one time by hand? Like, no, you couldn't do it. You had to do them one at a time, didn't you? Yes, you did. The same thing is true with God. You know, when we say, well, if I've hurt anyone in here, no, 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 that's a cover up. You're not being honest. It's not if I hurt, it's I'm sorry that I've hurt you. It's not I'm sorry if I've hurt anybody in the church. No, no, no. That's a cover-up. That's still not being honest. Amen. I mean, we hear it, we see it, we've watched other people do it. We just shouldn't. It ought to be from our hearts, beloved. David said, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. He had to deal with it one at a time. One at a time. And the Holy Spirit will remind you about that till you bring that before Him. It must be done, beloved. There's just no other that way. We did them one at a time. They must be confessed one at a time. And we do it. Don't wait. Do it now. Get it settled now. Don't put it off. Don't let it linger. You don't want to have that unbroken. That's why verse 7, notice what it says. Let's look at that again. But if we walk in the light, that shows movement, right? If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Now watch this. And the blood of Jesus Christ, our, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. So when, I, so when I bring it to the light and then I express it to the Lord in my walk, there's no interruption. God can cleanse me and I keep moving forward. I don't sit there and go through this self-loathing. Oh, what a sorry outfit I am. I'm the worst. I'm the cheapest. I, 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 I'm just no good, Lord. I don't know. All that is all about you. And not about, Lord, I'm sorry. I did this. Not, I'm sorry if I offended you. <laughs> no. I'm sorry if I offended anybody at church, Lord. No, you know who it was. It was brother so-and-so. It was sister. I shouldn't have said that. And you know what the Holy Spirit will make you do? It'll make you either get on the phone, which is an easy way out, but it might be, hey, brother, have you got a few minutes? I, I just want to come by and see. Can I do that? Might be you have to go there with your hat in your hand and say, Brother Mel, I'm sorry that I hurt you, brother. What do I have to do to make this right? And if they, well, brother, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, the Lord knows what I'm talking about. We've got to deal with it. You've got to be honest with people. Amen. That's how, that's how fellowships are strengthened and that's how your relationship with God is strengthened and your fellowship goes unbroken. Expose it to the light, express it to the Lord, and then look at the last thing. Look in verse 9 with me again. Correction, verse, chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now watch. An advocate is a lawyer. Amen. Do you agree with me there? He's a lawyer. And if he and he is the propitiation. That means that which satisfied God. He's the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now check this out. Here's another these words again. He that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. It's matured. Hereby know we, know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him 
ought also so to walk even as he walked. Our sins need to be exposed to the light. Our sins need to be expressed to the Lord. And then our sins need to be expunged from our life. Do you know what expunged means? When somebody expunges a record, legal terms, I know that some of you will know what that was. When it gets expunged, it's removed, just like it's never happened. It shouldn't be there. It's been, it's been eliminated. And again, I'm not talking about perfection, but I'm talking about our direction. You know, when God wrote this, when, when John, under inspiration, wrote this, he meant this as an encouragement, but it was also an exhortation to sin less. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't to encourage us that we have a license to live any way that we want to. That's not what's ever been written here. But what is written, and we're encouraged, is to sin less. Remember what Paul said? How shall we, how shall we that are, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Like I said, you can't walk in the light and try to walk in the darkness. You can't do it. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, Whosoever confesseth and forsaketh his sin shall find mercy. You have to judge it in your own heart and mind. Until we judge it for what it really is, we're never really going to have the victory over it. As long as we make room for it, as long as it's our pet thing, well, I'm doing pretty good. I just got this over here. No, no. As long as we do that, we're still going to be in that up and down relationship, that fellowship. Up and down. My prayers can be heard. My prayers are not going to be heard. I'm not going to get along with people. I am going to get along with people. All because all that stuff, it affects every relationship. Listen, the Bible says no man lives unto himself. No man dies unto himself. You say, well, Brother Ed, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when kids would grow up and say, it's my room and my mess. Well, the problem with that is that other people have to live in that same house. And you say, well, it's my sin and my mess. No. Sin affects other people. There are always There's always collateral damage. It always hurts other people. It always does. And so how we treat the Scriptures... How we treat the Savior and how we treat sin tells a lot about us. What if you went to the, I'm closing. What if you went to the doctor, first time you went to the doctor? Or like me, if I went to the doctor, first time went, had to find a primary care physician. I get to the doctor's office and I come in there and man, there's trash on the floor in the waiting room and, and uh, there's old coffee cups out there. And, you know, it smells like smoke in here. Man, I wonder what they're doing, you know. And I get back there to meet the guy and he comes out and he's, his shirt is wrinkled and it's got stains on it or his scrubs look bad, got an old blood stain on there. And, uh, and he's kind of looking at me and he's, you know, he's a little seedy. Look, what, what do you think my impression might be of him? Like, man, if that's how you care for yourself, I want, what do your patients look like? You know, how, how do they, I, I know this, I, I remember one of the things that was always stressed when I was on the ambulance was our appearance. Even though you might have been working all day, 24-hour shift in the middle of the night, they still wanted you to look like you were kept. And I watched other people come in, I watched other ambulance services come in and boots sometimes, uh, pant legs sometimes in the boot, half out of the boot, 
shirt untucked, no belt, no, no, no credentials, no nothing. You know, come in, hair must, you look like... If I saw that coming around, I, I, don't, I don't think I want you working on me. If you don't care about, uh, you know, about, about the appearance that you make, it might be a reflection of the kind of treatment that we're going to get. The same thing I might be thinking about. I mean, would you go back to a restaurant that looked like that, had hair in the plate and, you know, no, you're not going to do that. Well, think about it. Think about it. What, what we might say about the kind of care. In other words, let's let us don't be slothful about our walk. You understand? Let, let, let us don't be that way. We're ambassadors. And we want to be good ambassadors for Christ. And that means that we want to have the, our relationship. It's never going to be in jeopardy, but our fellowship. Let's have that be intact. Because you know what? About the time you get crosswise and you let that stew and you let it simmer and you don't deal with it, then you're going to run into a problem and then you're going to need him and now you can't get a hold of him right away. Why? Because you let something else go that could have been small. Did you, did, let me ask you this. Did you ever have to punish your children for the cover-up? In other words... What they did wasn't worthy of corporal punishment. It didn't merit that. But when they lied to you about it, now you had to deal with the lie. You understand what I'm saying? But what they didn't realize, sometimes, well, well I, I didn't know. what. Well, that's the whole thing, you know. I just want you to be honest. Tell the truth. Be honest. And that's what God wants from us, is to be honest with Him. Two things this requires, honesty and humility. And both of those are choices, and both of those are within our reach. I'm talking about how to walk in the light. Expose our sin to the light. Express your sins to the Lord. Do your best to expunge them from your life. Take, take stock in your fellowship. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I so thank you for my church family. I love these folks. And Lord, not nearly the way that you do and not nearly the kind of fellowship that you want to have with them. I pray, Father, they would see that as being near and dear and precious and that they would do their very best to guard it and maintain it. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your mercy. That's fresh and new each morning. And Lord, we thank you for the precious blood of Christ that cleanseth us from all our sin. Lord, we thank you for these washings that can be ours each day. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.